Hey thinkers, welcome to the Thinking Podcast. We're here with an update to the biohacker challenge. So I have a few questions for Jeff based on all the different studies and panels and uh, ways of measuring yourself. So I guess done. I'll be the honored guest uh, for this week's episode. Yes, I am Jeff Wu, uh, typically a co-host, but uh, today I'll be the interviewee. So how's it going? How many days in are you? Um, yeah, so actually, um, we just, this is the last, you know, I'm pointing to a PharmaScan Labs neuroendocrine lab panel, which is a panel with my urine and saliva. So I, I just wrapped up the final uh, baseline test. So over the last couple weeks, I've been doing blood draws, urine, you know, samples, saliva samples, and actually stool samples. So just a lot of my bodily fluids have been extracted and sent off to labs. And I think it's been an interesting experience to see how these things are bundled. And I think just from our perspective as, uh, you know, seeing how this can translate into the consumer world from more of the medical world, just also the user experiences for all of these things. So yeah, it's interesting to uh, finally get done. I'm really excited to get back on to the Nutribox full stack regimen. I think I'm uh, a dumber for the wear without our, our nootropics. <laughs> so you've been running around the world, like collecting your samples and sending them off. And like, what is, what has that been like? What's the t- kind of time commitment? Uh, how does it compare to what you thought it would be or should be like, what, how is the, the commitment just in your personal life to do all of these tests? Um, so one, I think for most of the, all, all the, bodily fluid samples required a doctor to monitor and and actually sign off on. So one, um, working with, you know, forward thinking, you know, preemptive care doctors is just step one, right? So obviously, you know, in, in our biohacking community, we've been able to build a, a core group of just awesome people from professional medical practitioners to hobbyists. So I think that was sort of in our wheelhouse, but, I think that's like a longer discussion of how medical information should be accessed in the future, right? I think you yeah. see companies like 23andMe, et cetera, having interesting issues with like, hey, you can't actually show all the data that you have on people because yeah. then it becomes like a medical device. And if you have medical information, in America at least, you need to have a doctor, you know, make sure that they can interpret it for you, which I think is um, going to be outdated, right? I right, because like what if I want an algorithm to interpret it for me or I want... I want whoever to interpret. It's my own or, data. Or like you're smart. Yeah, this it, is your own data. Yeah, you're smart. You can. You should be able to at least look at yourself. And I think in just the span of his of of historical trends, uh, it just seems backwards to block information from people. So I think yeah. in, in that way, I like, think one of the change. one of the common things there is like, oh, well, what if your employer or your insurance company has access? to this data, right? Imagine right. that we're in a world where everyone's getting all of these tests, tests and panels and, and then that you have that data and it's like, Oh, can we discriminate against someone based on them not being healthy or having worse? Uh, I think that's an interesting little segue. We should like dive into that a little bit. Cause I think, you know, if folks are somewhat following politics and seeing how the affordable care act slash Obamacare, I mean, I think it's like premiums are going up next year. Um, and then you, you see, you know, politicians talking about like pharmaceuticals being too expensive and the pharma industry stocks are just crashing after like a tweet from like Hillary or, or Bernie. Um, 
I mean, I think the status quo is that uh, I think it's a surprising amount of U.S. tax revenue is for health, uh, just like required um, like payments for like Medicare and stuff. So like it just seems like the system needs to evolve, and I can imagine, obviously, like discriminating purely in our genome is, is seems very dangerous, but you can imagine that. Um, a system where you use that to actually help people get on programs, right? It's like, hey, you have a likelihood of diabetes. Well, here, like, um, we're going to cover you. Like, everyone should have some sort of safety net on health. But you better, like, you should, you have to, like, stick to these routines or something, right? Like, right. It's, it's, it I seems think it's like, very reasonable. Right? It's just like, hey, you have some deficiencies. Like, I wish I was taller. Right. I wish I was stronger. I mean, everyone has deficiencies. And, like, there's clearly, like, the different risk profiles for disease, right? Right. Like, just to say, like, hey, because it's a little bit maybe politically incorrect or a little bit weird to, like, start uh, kind of moving, shuffling people around because of your genome, well, there's got to be a way to make it actionable and useful. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that I think at the end of the day, it's it's a case of technology being having a multiplicative effect and like, can, is it gonna, it's gonna cause more good things to happen and, uh, and cause bad things to happen. But I think that the good always outweighs what the, what the bad could be. Um, it could be, yeah. I think it's about having smart people setting policy. And hopefully, I think the biohacker movement and having smart, self taught, or at least, you know, just educated folks making, you know, informed decisions. Um, is a big part of that, right? Yeah. I think we're at the cutting edge of being like, hey, we can start making better lifestyle decisions based on our under self-understanding, right? Because I think the American yeah, medical yeah. system is very much like, doesn't matter. We don't really care about our lifestyle, but when you have a disease, we're going to just throw some prescription drugs at you, right? Right. And I think if you look at other systems of healthcare in European countries or in Asian countries where like the cost per patient is a lot lower and outcomes are just as good if not better uh, there's a lot more emphasis on the holistic yeah. lifestyle uh you know, you know lifestyle improvements lifestyle yeah. shifts right so i think you know i i think as a country we have to be moving towards that direction like i, I think i just like yeah it was like i was just thinking just yeah like i think 25 percent of tax revenues like med- like medical entitlements like you just can't even cut that like you have to pay are retirees like they're they're like they're their bills yeah like like you can't even like cut spending like 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 half of the budget or more than like uh, the like military and like healthcare and social security is like huge part of like american tax base like revenue what what is spent to and like no one's gonna cut any of that right yeah um so i think there's interesting opportunities for the the companies and uh products that are helping people to to do these tests to make the experience easier more accessible right more broadly distributed so i mean let's get into it so what what has it been like what are what are some of the tests that you think have been like the uh, the most well organized in terms of like what what's been the easiest for you to, as a patient to participate in yeah so i think yeah sort of to dive into the you know earlier question posed um these are pretty uh, awkward tests. Um, so I think um, most of these 
uh, urine or saliva or even the stool samples are multi-day or at least like full-day tests. So, you know, one of the first tests that I did, and there's actually, um, you know, Zill, our producer, actually has a bunch of videos sort of snapshotting, uh, you know, not the actual, you know, you know, giving the bodily fluid parts. I don't think anyone wants to see me you know, urinating or, 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 or pooping. Um, but like you guys can see sort of the equipment there. I mean, one of the first things was collecting all of my urine in a 24 hour period in a three liter jug, orange jug, um, which is awkward, right? Like, um, I, I literally, you know, during that day just was carrying and around an orange, orange jug to the bathroom and had to limit my water intake to two liters because you don't want to overfill like you know you don't want to overfill three liters and you get you, you they tell you to have like a side container but that just sounds quite you know quite annoying um so that was like one of the tests um and uh the stool so how do you wish that that, that test was done better like i'm sure as you're doing this and feeling like it's annoying to have to do or you're like man i wish it worked like like what would be the best i'm pretty surprised with with how the systems work so i mean i think just from a collection standpoint if you want the full snapshot i believe for that test it was um a hormone panel so and i think my understanding of why they want to collect it over a 24-hour period is that if you have like a localized stressful moment right that will you know skew your results if it's like hey if you balance all the sampling through the, through the day on, on like a relatively normal day yeah. you get like a more true baseline of like what your hormones are um so i think just some fundamental biological you know baselines like hey you just need a, a large enough sample which is annoying and i think you just have to deal with it but i think this the how these things are shipped and packaged is quite interesting so like a lot of them come in like you know folks on watching the video like pre-boxed mailers they come with their own shipping labels inside um and all the information to like fill out your your information and then you know detailed instructions on how to like store your bodily fluids and how to pack it and sometimes they have ice packs that you freeze so like you know the the samples like don't i guess rot or, or get really smelly you know when, when they're flying back to the lab um so it's actually quite a nice like blue apron style. So it's, was, yeah, it's literally like watching a blue apron delivery, but in like reverse. For medical, yeah, it's like blue apron. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Blue apron in reverse, where you're like making your own kit, put ice pack in and, and mail it out and all the shipping labels and everything is like pre-done. So I think that's actually pretty cool. I expected when um, we were kicking off the Biohacker Challenge to like be in the uh, the clinic. So, you know, we're working with Dr. Vinno, Smart Medicine SF, uh, I, I expected to be in his in his little uh, you know practice like every for a week, but actually a lot of it's like take home, do it at your own time, which is which is kind of cool. From that that's the user experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, how many times did you go to phlebotomist or like the blood draw? Yeah, so the phlebotomy uh, adventure was really cool. So uh, was this once or twice? Or? Once okay. actually, just once because. Um, so that was the only time you had to go to the lab. The other was no, all... they came here actually. Cool. So it's a really cool service where you can actually get phlebotomists delivered to your door. So we worked with a uh, service provider, Bayside Mobile. Yeah. Uh, and my phlebotomist was a uh, very you know nice lady, Marissa, I believe her name was. 
um, you know, set an appointment, 9 a.m. at our office, and you can actually watch the video on YouTube where I have 12 vials of blood across three different tests um, being drawn. You know, one was like a nutritional panel, just to get my macro and, and micronutrient levels. I think another um, was uh, lipid levels, um, things associated with, with heart health. There's a test called Boston, uh, Boston Heart. Uh, the nutritional uh, panel was done by uh, Genova NutraEval. And I also did a couple uh, hormone, growth hormones, IGF-1, IGF-3, uh, done by Quest. And those hormones are associated with cancer growth. And a lot. And it's one interesting metric that we're tracking because intermittent fasting in previous studies have been shown to reduce IGF-1 levels. So I think there's some obviously hypotheses that we're testing that we have a reasonable sense of how they will interact. Um, and things like vitamin D, we should theoretically see that you know improve while I'm on Kato 3, our supercharged omega-3 product with, uh, with, with a, you know, a really bioavailable form of vitamin uh, D. Um, and so, and so, so then, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, basically, yeah. I, we, I brought in, like, our, the vials in our Blue Apron kit of, like, these tests. Yeah. And she had some of her own vials, um, you know, got tourniqueted, you know, she, she you know, it sounds like, I mean, I, I'm impressed with these professionals. I mean, they're, they're just, you know, been jabbing people for you know thousands yeah. of times. I mean, it's super smooth. Boom, get in there. Um, Find the vein. Twelve vials, which is uh, you know apparently approximately a little bit over a hundred milliliters of blood, which isn't, and I think around five six liters of blood uh, flowing in, in each of us. So you know, it's a little. It's around what you would give if you gave blood. I think it's a little like I think less giving blood probably. Is, I think well, giving blood is more. more so. Okay, okay. I think it's like double or somewhere yeah. in the same like ballpark at yeah. least. But I think in terms of like, just for blood tests, usually people go in for three, four vials. So it was, I guess, Large relatively a lot. Test. But I think, you know, what she was saying was that uh, usually when you're giving blood, it's over like a long period of time. You're in the bed. You're like chilling. You get comfortable. Yeah. Where here, we're just kind of like get in, yep. get out. Um, and if you actually watched the, the video, um, I actually faint in the middle of giving blood. Um, and I had to, you know, it was... I don't know. It was interesting where you don't, I don't want to sound like I'm weak or anything, but I don't know. It's just like, you know, it's kind of weird to see your lifeblood flowing out of you at a pretty rapid rate. She was very complimentary of my heart flow and, and how much blood is coming out. Cause apparently, you know, some people with weaker blood flow, it takes, it's a lot harder to gotta do multiple yeah. samples. Um, but you know, powered through, wanted to get it done. So switched arms. Well, it's interesting because the reason that they, the blood has to come out of your body is because the computing power is out of your body, right? Like the tests that they're running on it yes. are, are big lab equipment right. somewhere. But if that computing power is inside of your body, you don't need to take the blood out anymore. Yeah. I think that's something that probably fits into like our first degree, uh, op, you know, human enhancement on one yeah. of them. So it's talking about like zero to first, second degree human enhancements. Yeah. Having that functionality baked into our uh, systems as like a extra organ, I think, that would be, you know, I think that's inedible. And I think that would be very cool because I would love to just know all my macro, micronutrient levels, my lipid levels at all times. Yeah, and I, I think it's funny. It's like, oh man, people used to have to take their blood out of their body to look at it. Right, right. It's like one of those when we look back on old health practices, we're like, oh wow, it's it's crazy that people like you got gangrene, they had to ap amputate, <laughs> right? Like right. they didn't have. Other... I think you stop the amputate. You just don't let it get there. Oh, you just don't let it get there. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
if your limb is, is literally rotting, not much you can do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I guess the... Or like a broken arm or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, that, that there's options now and we look at other things as, um, as super outdated. And, and I think that we'll get yeah. there too with blood draws. Like we'll, you'll be able to... It's computing can be inside yeah. of you. So I think um, that that's a cool service, but I don't. I didn't even go into the clinic for phlebotomy. So um, no clinic. That's great. Yeah, no. So it's actually very. It's like, actually kind of cool to say that. Hey, like state of the art, you can actually not, like do a lot of these things at home. Uh, um, I, you know, one thing I thought was quite interesting was the stool sample. So I did a Genova uh, full microbiome stool sample study as well, and that was literally collecting my. Uh, my feces, my poop, um, over three days. And that's just like, not, you know, it's just graphic. You know, you just gotta literally have a little tray to collect your poop. You're not supposed to contaminate it with like toilet water <laughs> or urine. You gotta just like scoop it into tubes and they want you to mix it and mash it and make it smooth. Um, it is not glamorous. I, uh, it was yeah. not fun. It, it's smelly. It's not great. You gotta like, do it in your shower or something so you don't like like have stuff spill everywhere um geez that's crazy yeah it I'm makes not... you want to like how much would you pay for a toilet where it just like somehow <laughs> like it, it can catch and and siphon and like actually measure it right like what if you had a toilet that was like like robotic and could do this yeah, no, exact I, collection yeah no i think that's what's also interesting to me from uh for what like companies like Ubiome are doing, where yeah. instead of like ha- collecting your actual poop sample, like they, you know, you just need to kind of swipe in certain zones, like you know, around your butt <laughs> where the poop comes out and, and your armpits and stuff. I'm just kind of curious, like how accurate would that be compared to like actual actual stool? I mean, this is interesting, right? Like you're probably getting some signal, but I imagine there's a reason why uh, people are collecting. You know, actual Almost, stool because yeah. that's probably just high fidelity information. But it's you know, I'd love to talk yeah. to you, Bam, folks, I, at some point and, and, and get a deeper sense of how I think about that and, issue. And that's really interesting to think of fecal matter as information, right? Yeah. That you're you're pooping out information, and if you can get like <laughs> one sample, that's that's some information. But if you right. can get like a longer read on the signal, right. and that's interesting, right? Is the whole humans as a system, the human body is the next platform where we're literally controlling what we're putting into our body and then like we're excreting out information like these clues about how we're doing and and how we're yeah i think that's a great way to think about it like we're constantly excreting out information yeah and and we're not doing anything with we're it, not like, capturing and, it. Yeah, yeah it's like really the the tools for 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 capturing it are pretty good like i, I mean but they're not they're a far cry from what they could be right yeah, no, I think it's um, that's like one of the reasons why I think we're started NutriBox and excited about growing our our capabilities and the team and everything is, yeah, it's obvious that like, you know, while on one hand we're innovating on the input side, like there's so much information that we're excreting out. Like we should be collecting that, incorporating it back into the system so we can optimize ourselves. Yeah. Right. Um, closing the loop. Yeah, closing the loop. And then... I actually had this is the last you know might be worth just showing uh, for the folks watching on 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 YouTube on on video what uh, these labs kind of look like. So this is a pretty n- nice self-contained uh, shipping box. Ho- I hope you guys don't mind seeing. Uh, yeah, what's in your box? So, <laughs> so 
I did all this yesterday. I'm, you know, probably gonna mail this out uh, at this handy dandy uh, UPS label that they come that comes with the kit. Um, so I'll drop this off at UPS later today. Um, I did four saliva samples and two uh, urine samples. So I just want to take a look. Different urine or different urine, different saliva. Hopefully that's not too gross for people watching on video. Um, and relatively painless, um, but again, still very annoying to do it throughout the entire day. So yeah. the saliva sample, it was like one hour after uh, waking up. Uh, you can't eat anything like an hour beforehand, and then five hours afterwards, and then five af hours after that, and then right before bed. So like it was kind of like 8.30, uh, you know, like 2.30, 7.30, and then like you know 12.30 left. And what are they measuring for there? Uh, this is a neuroendocrine lab, so um, this is detecting neurotransmitter levels, and the most highest fidelity way to do that is to tap into your spinal fluid or into your brain directly, but that's just like pretty yeah. invasive and, and risky. So you know, no one wants to get spinal tap just for a little neurotransmitter level test. Um, and then some of the concerns that we do realize is that. Uh, you know, a lot of neurotransmitters are also produced by the gut or other parts of your body. So this is like not necessarily the cl cleanest uh, mapping to what kind of neurotransmitter levels are happening in your brain, but at least it's some baseline sense of what these neurotransmitters are, you know, at, at some points in your system. And we're gonna sort of see, especially from the nootropic perspective, how these neurotransmitter levels evolve and shift on a nootropics regimen. Yeah. I'd be curious to break that down further too to see the like connections between neurotransmitters in the gut and in the brain, um, and just the the interplay there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that you know those are the core bodily fluid samples that I was able to you know play with. Um, again, like I think the, the Blue Apron style service, honestly, pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty pretty seamless but yeah just like the, how invasive it can be through your day to like you know start spitting stuff into a tube at like you know 2 30 in, in a work day or like peeing into a jug like i remember for the stool samples i had to go i, I went home like three, those three days like every after whatever to afternoon i think it was like my you know poop time whatever like <laughs> uh, like took an hour to like really set up and make sure that you know stuff wasn't getting too messy um but hey hopefully you know hopefully you guys are entertained by me and and michael soon to be being your science guinea pigs and seeing what results we got here yeah cool i think that's it from the update yeah um yeah tune back in for you know we, i think we give a lot more smaller snippets on our youtube channel um and yeah, join the WeFast uh, Facebook group or Slack group. You know, I'm there basically, you know, providing live updates, having to answer questions and, and, and give inputs. I mean, already dozens of people have emailed me asking about exact tests and exact procedures that I'm following. So happy to do that. Again, there's a Biohacker Challenge blog post that lists a lot of these things in detail. So just Google it, it's the first result. Um, you know, list all the different tests in, in detail. Um, and come talk about it on WeFast. Yeah, a lot of people are just... Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a really Facebook cool group and, and, and Slack. People are, are like, 
gonna be doing parts of it or all of it themselves yeah that's that's great um and people can check us out on youtube on soundcloud we're on itunes store as well as google play awesome cool see you guys next week